Chapter 3 The Miraculous Transformation of Julian Mantle I was astonished by the new and improved Julian Mantle. How could someone who looked like a tired old man only a few short years ago now look so vibrant and alive? I wondered in silent disbelief. Was it some magical drug that had allowed him to drink from the fountain of youth? What was the cause of this extraordinary reversal? Julian was the first to speak. He told me that the hyper-competitive legal world had taken its toll on him, not only physically and emotionally, but spiritually. The fast pace and endless demands had worn him out and run him down. He admitted that his body had fallen apart and that his mind had lost its luster. His heart attack was only one symptom of a deeper problem. The constant pressure and exhausting schedule of a world-class trial lawyer had also broken his most important and perhaps most human endowment, his spirit. When given the ultimatum by his doctor either to give up the law or give up his life, he said he saw a golden opportunity to rekindle the inner fire he had known when he was younger, a fire that had been extinguished as the law became less a pleasure and more a business. Julian grew up visibly excited as he recounted how he sold all his material possessions and headed for India, a land whose ancient culture and mystical traditions had always fascinated him. He travelled from tiny village to tiny village, sometimes by foot, sometimes by train, learning new customs, seeking the timeless sights and growing to love the Indian people who radiated warmth, kindness and a refreshing perspective on the true meaning of life. Even those who had very little opened their homes and their hearts to this very visitor from the West. As the days melted into weeks within the enchanting environment, Julian slowly began to feel alive and whole again, perhaps for the first time since he was a child. His natural curiosity and creative spark steadily returned, along with this enthusiasm and his energy for living. He started to feel more joyful and peaceful, and he began to laugh again. Although he embraced every moment of his life in this exotic land, Julian told me that his journey to India was more than a simple vacation to ease an overworked mind. He described his time in this faraway land as a personal odyssey of the self. He confided that he was determined to find out who he really was and what his life was all about before it was too late. To do this, his first priority was to connect to that culture's vast pool of ancient wisdom on living a more rewarding, fulfilling and enlightened life. I didn't mean to sound too off the wall, John, but it was like I had received a command from within and in an instruction telling me that I was to begin a spiritual voyage to rekindle the spark that I had lost, said Julian. It was tremendously liberating time for me. The more he explored, the more he learned of Indian monks who had lived beyond the age of 100. Monks who, despite their advanced years, maintained youthful, energetic and vital lives. The more he travelled, the more he learned of ageless yogis who had mastered the art of mind control and spiritual awakening. And the more he saw, the more he longed to understand the dynamics behind these miracles of human nature, hoping to apply these philosophies in his own life. During the early stages of his journey, Julian sought out many well-known and highly respected teachers. He told me that each one of them welcomed him with open arms and open hearts, sharing whatever gems of knowledge they had absorbed over life lifetime spent in quiet contemplation on the loftier issues surrounding their existence. Julian also attempted to describe the beauty of the ancient temples that were striven across the mystical landscape of India, edifices that stood as loyal gatekeepers to the wisdom of the ancient. He said he was moved by the sacredness of the surroundings. It was a very magical time of my life, John. Here I was, a tired old educator who had sold everything from my racehorse to my Rolex and had packed all that remained into a large rucksack that 
would be my constant companion as I ventured into the timeless traditions of the East. I didn't mean to sound too off the wall, John, but it was like I had received a command from within, and in an instruction telling me that I was to begin a spiritual voyage to rekindle the spark that I had lost, said Julian. It was tremendously liberating time for me. The more he explored, the more he learned of Indian monks who had lived beyond the age of 100. Monks who, despite their advanced years, maintained youthful, energetic and vital lives. The more he travelled, the more he learned of ageless yogis who had mastered the art of mind control and spiritual awakening. And the more he saw, the more he longed to understand the dynamics behind these miracles of human nature, hoping to apply these philosophies in his own life. During the early stages of his journey, Julian sought out many well-known and highly respected teachers. He told me that each one of them welcomed him with open arms and open hearts, sharing whatever gems of knowledge they had absorbed over life lifetime spent in quiet contemplation on the loftier issues surrounding their existence. Julian also attempted to describe the beauty of the ancient temples that were striven across the mystical landscape of India, edifices that stood as loyal gatekeepers to the wisdom of the ancient. He said he was moved by the sacredness of the surroundings. It was a very magical time of my life, John. Here I was, a tired old educator who had sold everything from my racehorse to my Rolex and had packed all that remained into a large rucksack that would be my constant companion as I ventured into the timeless traditions of the East. Was it hard to leave? I wondered aloud, unable to contain my curiosity. Actually, it was the easiest thing I've ever done. The decision to give up my practice and all my worldly possessions felt natural. Albert Camus once said that real generosity towards the future consists in giving all what is present. Well, that's exactly what I did. I knew I had to change, so I decided to listen to my heart and do it in a very dramatic way. My life became so much simpler and meaningful when I left the baggage of my past behind. The moment I stopped spending so much time chasing the big pleasures of life, I began to enjoy the little ones like watching the stars dancing in a moonlight sky or soaking in the sunbeams of a glorious summer morning. And India is such an intellectually stimulating place that I rarely thought of all I had left. Those initial meetings with the learned and the scholarly of that exotic culture, though intriguing, did not yield the knowledge of which Julian hungered. The wisdom that he desired and the practical techniques that he hoped would change the quality of his life continued to elude him in those early days of his odyssey. It was not until Julian had been in India for about seven months that he had his first real break. It was while he was in Kashmir, an ancient and mystical state that sits sleepy at the foot of the Himalayas, that he had the good fortune to meet a gentleman named Yogi Krishnan. This slight man with a clean-shaven head had also been a lawyer in his previous incarnation, so he often joked with a toothy grin, fed up with the hectic pace that personifies modern New Delhi. He too gave up his material possessions and treated to a world of greater simplicity. Becoming a caretaker of the village temple, Krishnan said that he had come to know himself and his purpose in the larger scheme of life. I was tired of living my life like one long air raid drill. I realized that my mission is to serve others and somehow to contribute to making this world a better place. Now I live to give, he told Julian. I spend my days and nights at this temple, living in austere but fulfilling life. I share my realizations with all those who come here to pray. I serve those in need. I am not a priest. I am simply a man who has found his soul. Julian informed this lawyer-toned yogi of his own story. He spoke of his former life of prominence and privilege. He told Yogi Krishna of his hunger for wealth and obsession with work. 
he revealed with great emotion his inner turmoil in the crisis of spirit he had experienced when the once bright light of his life began to flicker in the winds of an out of balance lifestyle i do have walked this path my friend i do have felt the pain you have felt yet i have learned that everything happens for a reason offered yoga krishnan sympathetically every event has a purpose and every setback its lesson i have realized that failure whether of a professional personal or even spiritual kind is essential to personal expansion it brings inner growth and a whole host of psychic rewards never regret your past rather embrace it as the teacher that it is after hearing these words julian told me that he felt great exultation perhaps in yogi krishnan he had found the mentor he was searching for who better than another f- former hotshot lawyer who through his own spiritual odyssey had found a better way of living to teach him the secrets of creating a life of more balance enchantment and delight i need your help krishnan i need to learn how to build a richer fuller life i will be honored to assist you in any way that i can offer the yogi but may i give you one suggestion sure as long as i have been caring for this temple in this little village i have heard whisperings of a mystical band of sages living high in the himalayas legend has it that they have discovered some sort of system they will be they will profoundly improve the quality of anyone's life i don't just mean physically it is supposed to be a holistic integrated set of ageless principles and timeless techniques to liberate the potential of the mind body and soul julian was fascinated they seemed perfect just exactly where do these monks live no one knows and i regret that i'm too old to start searching but i will tell you one thing my friend may have tried to find them but many have failed with tragic with tragic consequences the higher reaches of the himalayas are treacherous beyond compare even the most skilled climber is rendered helpless against their natural ravages but if it is the golden keys to radiant health lasting happiness and inner fulfillment that you are searching for i do not have the wisdom you seek they do julian never want to give up easily press your question again are you certain that you have no idea where they live all i can tell you is that the locals in this village know them as the great sages of shivana in their mythology shivana means oasis of enlightenment these monks are revered as if they are divine in their constitution and influence if i knew where they could be found i would be duty bound to tell you but honestly i do not know no one does for that matter the next morning as the first rays of the indian sun danced along the colorful horizon julian set out his trek to the lost land of shivana at first he thought about hiring a shepra guide to aid him in his climb through the mountains but for some strange reason his instincts told him that this was one journey he would have to make alone so instead for perhaps the first time in his life he shed the shackles of reason and placed his trust in his intuition he felt he would be safe he somehow knew he would find what he was looking for so with missionary zeal he started to climb the first few days were easy sometimes he would catch up to one of the cheerful citizens of the village below who happened to be walking on one of the footpaths perhaps searching for just the right piece of wood for a craving or a seeking the sanctuary that this surreal place offered to all those who dare to venture this high into the heavens At other times he hiked alone using this time to silently reflect on where he had been in his life and where he was now headed. It didn't take long before the village below was nothing more than a tiny speck on his marvelous canvas of natural splendor. The majesty of the snow-capped peaks of Himalayas made his heart beat faster and for one long moment took his breath away. He felt a oneness with his surroundings, a kind of kinship that two old friends might enjoy after many years spent listening to each other's innermost thoughts and laughing at each other's jokes. The fresh mountain air cleared his mind and energized his spirit. Having traveled the world many times over, Julian had thought he had seen it all, but he had never seen beauty like this. The wonders of which he drank at that magical time were an exquisite tribute to the symphony of nature. 
At first, he felt joyous, exhilarated and carefree. It was here, high above the humanity below, that Julian slowly ventured out of the cocoon of the ordinary and began to explore the realm of the extraordinary. I still remember the words that were going through my mind up there, said Julian. I thought that ultimately life is all about choices. Once destiny unfolds according to the choices one makes and I felt certain that the choice I had made was the right one. I knew my life would never be the same and that something marvelous would, maybe even miraculous would have happened to me. It was an amazing awakening. As Julian climbed into the rarefied regions of the Himalayas, he told me that he grew anxious. But it was those good kind of jitters like the ones I had on prom night or the right before an excitement or right before an exciting case began and the media was chasing me up the courtroom steps and even though i didn't have the benefit of a guide or a map the way was clear and a thin lightly traveled map path led me higher into the deepest reaches of those mountains it was like i had some sort of inner compass nudging me gently towards my destination i don't think i have stopped climbing even if i had wanted to julian was excited his words spilling out like a gushing mountain stream after the rains as he travelled for two more days along the route that he prayed would take him to Shivana, Julian's thoughts wandered back to his former life. Though he felt entirely liberated from the stress and strain that personified his former world, he did wonder whether he could really spend the rest of his day without the intellectual challenge that, he, that legal profession had offered him since he left Howard Law School. His thoughts then wandered back to his oak paneled office in a glittering downtown skyscraper and idyllic summer home he had sold for a pittance. He thought about his old friends with whom he, free, he would frequent the finest, rest, finest of restaurants in the most glamorous locales. He also thought about his prized Ferrari and how he, his heart would soar when he gunned the engine and all its ferocity sprang to life with a roar. He ventured deeper into the depths of this mystical place. His reflections of the past were quickly interrupted by the stunning marvels of the moment. It was while he was soaking in the gifts of nature's intelligence that something startling happened. From the corner of his eye, he saw another figure, dressed strangely in a long flowing red robe topped by a dark blue hood, slightly ahead of him on the path. Julian was astonished to see anyone at this isolated spot that had taken him seven treacherous days to reach. As he was many miles away from any real civilization and still uncertain as to where his ultimate destination of Shivana could be found, he yelled out to his fellow traveller. The figure refused to respond and accelerated his pace along the path they were both climbing, not even giving Julian the courtesy of a backward glance of acknowledgement. Soon the mysterious traveller was running, his red robe dancing gracefully behind him like crisp cotton sheets hanging from a clothesline on a windy autumn day. Please, friend, I need your help to find Shivana, yelled Julian. I have been travelling for seven days with little food and water. I think I am lost. The figure continued to an abrupt stop. Julian approached cautiously while the traveller stood remarkably still and silent. His head did not move, his hands did not move, his feet kept their place. Julian could see nothing of the face beneath the hood but was struck by the contents of the small basket in the hands of the traveller. Within the basket was a collection of the most delicate and beautiful flowers Julian had ever seen. The figure clutched the basket tighter as Julian drew nearer as to as if to display both a love of these prized possessions and a distrust of this tall wrestler about as common to these past as Jew in the desert. Julian gazed at the traveller with an intense curiosity. A quick burst of a sunbeam revealed that it was a man's face under the loosely fitting hood. But Julian had never seen a man quite like this one. Though he was at least his own age, he had striking features that left Julian mesmerised and caused him to simply stop and stare for what seemed like an eternity. His eyes were cat-like and so penetrating that Julian was forced to look away. His olive complexion skin was supple and smooth. 
His body looked strong and powerful and though the man's hands gave away the fact that he was not young, he radiated such an abundance of youthfulness and vitality that Julian felt hypnotized by what appeared before him, much like a child watching the musician at his first magic show. He ventured deeper into the depths of this mystical place. His reflections of the past were quickly interrupted by the stunning marvels of the moment. It was while he was soaking in the gifts of nature's intelligence that something startling happened. From the corner of his eye, he saw another figure, dressed strangely in a long flowing red robe topped by a dark blue hood. Slightly ahead of him on the path, Julian was astonished to see anyone at this isolated spot that had taken him seven treacherous days to reach. As he was many miles away from any real civilization and still uncertain as to where his ultimate destination of Shivana could be found, he yelled out to his fellow traveller. The figure refused to respond and accelerated his pace along the path they were both climbing, not even giving Julian the courtesy of a backward glance of acknowledgement. Soon the mysterious traveller was running, his red robe dancing gracefully behind him like crisp cotton sheets hanging from a clothesline on a windy autumn day. Please, friend, I need your help to find Shivana, yelled Julian. I have been travelling for seven days with little food and water. I think I am lost. The figure continued to an abrupt stop. Julian approached cautiously while the traveller stood remarkably still and silent. His head did not move, his hands did not move, his feet kept their place. Julian could see nothing of the face beneath the hood but was struck by the contents of the small basket in the hands of the traveller. Within the basket was a collection of the most delicate and beautiful flowers Julian had ever seen. The figure clutched the basket tighter as Julian drew nearer as to as if to display both a love of these prized possessions and a distrust of this tall wrestler about as common to these past as Jew in the desert. Julian gazed at the traveller with an intense curiosity. A quick burst of a sunbeam revealed that it was a man's face under the loosely fitting hood. But Julian had never seen a man quite like this one. Though he was at least his own age, he had striking features that left Julian mesmerised and caused him to simply stop and stare for what seemed like an eternity. His eyes were cat-like and so penetrating that Julian was forced to look away. His olive complexion skin was supple and smooth. His body looked strong and powerful and though the man's hands gave away the fact that he was not young, he radiated such an abundance of youthfulness and vitality that Julian felt hypnotized by what appeared before him, much like a child watching the musician at his first magic show. This must be one of the great chases of Shivana, Julian thought to himself, scarcely able to contain his delight at his discovery. I am Julian Mantle, I have come to learn from the series of Shivana. Do you know where I might find him? He asked. The man looked thoughtfully at this very visitor from the West. His serenity and peace made him appear angelic in nature, enlightened in substance. The man spoke softly, almost in a whisper. Why is it that you seek this sage's friend? Sensing that he had indeed found one of the mystical monks who had alluded so many before him, Julian opened his heart and poured out his odyssey to the traveller. He spoke of his former life and of the crisis of spirit he had struggled with. How he had traded his health and his energy for the fleeting rewards that his law practice bought him. He spoke of how he had traded the riches of his soul for a fat bank account and illusionary gratification of his live fast, die young lifestyle. And he told him of his tra travels in mystical India and of his meeting with Yogi Krishnan, the former trial lawyer from New Delhi who had also given up his former life in the hope of finding inner peace and harmony. The traveller remained silent and still. It was not until Julian spoke of his burning, almost obsessive desire to acquire the ancient principles of enlightened living that the man spoke again. Placing an arm on Julian's shoulder, the man said 
gently. If you truly have a heartfelt desire to learn the wisdom of a better way, then it is my duty to help you. I am indeed one of those sages that you have come, you have come so far in search of. You are the first person to find us in many years. Congratulations, I admire your tenacity. You must have been quite a lawyer, he offered. He paused as if he was a little uncertain of what to do next and then went on. If you like, you may come with me as my guest to our temple. It rests in a hidden part of this mountain region, still many years away from here. My brothers and sisters will welcome you with open hearts open arms. We will work together to, re to teach you the ancient principles and strategies that our ancestors have passed down through the ages. Before I take you into our private world and share our collected knowledge for filling your life with more joy, strength and purpose, I must request one promise from you, said the sage. Upon learning these timeless truths, you must return to your homeland in the West and share this wisdom with all those who need, it, who need to hear it. Though we are isolated here in those my magical mountains, we are aware of the turmoil your world is in. Good people are losing their way. You must give them the hope that they deserve. Most, imp More importantly, you must give them the tools to fulfill their dreams. This is all I ask. Julian instantly accepted the sage's terms and promised that he would carry their precious message to the west as the two men moved still higher up the mountain path through the lost village of Shivana. The Indian sun started to set a fiery red circle slipped into a soft magical slumber after a long weary day. Julian told me he has never forgotten the majesty of that moment. Walking with an ageless Indian monk for whom he somehow felt a brotherly love traveling to a place he had longed to find with all its wonders and many mysteries. It was definitely the most memorable moment of my life. He confided in me. Julian had always believed that moment that life came down to a few key moments. This was one of them. Deep inside his soul, he somehow sensed that this was the first moment of the rest of his life. A soon a life soon to be more than that it, more than that it had ever been.